Well, I'm so excited to be filming this. Um, I've actually tried filming this quite a few times. And usually before I film something, I'll like write out a paragraph in my head so I could fit it into a one minute video. And I don't really write things down or anything like that. I just imagine what I'm going to say in my head as a paragraph. And I just go with it. In this video, I'm excited about it because it's going to be longer. And I tried to film it like quite a few times actually, but I was like filming in my room and I felt like there was just so much energy going on in my house. And I don't know, I just, I just couldn't get my thoughts together. And then I was filming in my car and I was like, I don't know, I just, I love my car so much because it's only my energy preserved in there. And I have so many God moments and awakenings in my car because I talk out loud a lot in there and in my house, like it's a safe, comfortable space in my room, but there's other energies and stuff. And I, not bad, but I just felt it a lot. And I don't know, today I'm just feeling in like such alignment. Um, so I'm feeling good and I'm excited to film this. I don't really know how long it's gonna be, but it's gonna be the longest one yet, obviously. And uh, I'm just excited about it. I don't really know where it's gonna go, but I really appreciate if you are listening. Um, but like what I always like to say is that, you know, I really do say a prayer and just speak out loud to the divine before I post something or share something that like, it's just, you know, it just touches the people that it needs to reach. Um, you know, it'd be like the ego would think it would be very cool to like reach so many people and all that. But like, that's, you know, that's just another gift in itself if that happens. Um, you know, my 16 year old self would like hope that that would happen. And now I'm like, you know what? It's cool. Cause when I was 16, my worth was based on like likes and, you know, people validating me and everything like that. And now it's just not like that. I'm so incredibly grateful for the people that have reached out with love and like just such kind words in the past year. Um, it means everything to me. It truly does. Especially like, honestly, just from everyone. It's cool to hear from random people that I have, haven't heard from or spoken to in a really long time. And, um, you know, it just kind of shows me at the end of the day, like, you know, my mom always told me like most people are good in this crazy world that we live in. And I've definitely been shown that with the love that I've been given. Um, so just being me, honestly. And I can say that right now because I'm literally in a sports bra and sweats in my room and I'm just feeling really good. And the reason that I'm filming this is because I am six months sober today and I'm so excited. I don't really have the words. <laughs> I know to some people that that like might seem like a short period of time. Um, you know, and it is in the grand scheme of things, six months out of 26 years is nothing, but these six months have been the greatest of my entire life. And I just, I just, I just feel that so deeply. Um, I feel like in these six months I've truly lived, um, you know, like throughout my life, I had a lot of joy, a lot of love. Um, but now I just like, I just live it, you know? I came across this thought recently that growing up, I like lived in these two spectrums of like suicidal ideation and then the feeling that I have now. 
And I remember growing up, I'd always be driving around talking to God and this great being and like really feeling that, you know, but I wasn't able to hold on to it. I've always been very in tune with my spirit and very in touch with my soul, but I couldn't actually live it. And that was because I was attached to worldly things. You know, people, places, things, uh, materialistic items, substance. And now I don't live in either of those spectrums. I live in true peace and I don't identify with any emotion, any diagnosis, nothing along those lines because my whole life I grew up with this narrative that I gave myself and that was like this adopted kid from Russia and like with such a happiness attached to that, you know? But I really claim myself as this depressed being. And I told myself that I would be the reason that I died, like that it would be at my own will one day. And now I just don't feel that way at all. And it's really incredible. I like have to take a breath sometimes because I truly cannot believe that I get to live my life in the way that I do now. Because for so long I... I explained my story or many people's stories with addiction and mental health and everything like that as though you're living in this cycle of like, you hate yourself. You know, I hated myself my whole life. I truly hated myself and that's so sad because I was just like a child. And, hold on, I'm getting nervous that it's not, okay, cool, we're filming. <laughs> um, knowing me, I would finish this and like actually feel great about it and then it wouldn't be filming. Um, yeah, but I hated myself. I remember growing up and like telling people I have no self-confidence. And I didn't realize the power of words. I genuinely was not aware of the power of my words and what I was speaking out loud to the universe. Um, and so this cycle, like I hated myself. And then I hated myself because of what I had done to my life. And then I hated myself because I couldn't get out of that cycle. And I genuinely didn't know that I, like how or that I would, that I could. You know, there's just so many different moments. I remember my third grade teacher, like, writing in my yearbook, like, don't stop telling yourself you can't. And that's how I lived. Like, I just didn't believe that all things were possible in myself because I was looking on the outside of me for validation, for worth, and everything like that. And now it's truly within I don't have to search in any person, any place, anything for the peace that I have within myself. I learned about manifestation really young because I had another um, adult figure tell me when I was like, I don't know, I think I was in middle school or something like that. And they basically told me, you know, like you're waking up every single day and you're telling yourself that you're depressed and you deserve to be depressed and you deserve to be this sad being. And that's what's going to unfold for you because that's what you're speaking out loud. And I couldn't understand that. You know, I completely am aware that that was my reality and I respect people's realities because it was my mindset for so long. And then when I took that out of the equation and I realized that it was within myself to change it, that's literally when the, the pages turned for me. I don't want to say it's a, a victim mindset. I, I really don't. 
because it's just how I saw the world. Like I didn't like myself and everything on the outside. Like I had a great life. I will always say that through my adoption, I know the two greatest gifts. And that's like at the end of my life, I'll be able to look back, I even, even now so. I have the two greatest gifts that some people don't even know and I'm adopted. Like it's unconditional love and it's a family and I'm so blessed. I've lived an incredible life. I live an incredible life now and I, I will going forward. Um, I just didn't like myself and that domino affected throughout my life. It was like a snowball effect, you know, because I wasn't completely honest with myself throughout different periods, even though I tried to be, my soul just wasn't ready. Um, you know, this ball of issues just be, get becoming larger and larger and, and the fire eventually had to go out. I feel so at peace. I, I, I really, it's, it's hard to put into words. And I think that sometimes, you know, people will be like, oh, she's still on drugs. <laughs> no, I'm so proud to say that I'm not. For six months, I have lived in the way that I've always wanted to. And I'll be completely honest, like some days I feel insane. I'll talk to people and like, I'll still go back to that old being, but I'm no longer her. I, I experience that, but I no longer live that. And now I just see myself as this, this soul enjoying this human experience, at no longer attaching to anything. I really grew up in this way that like someone was gonna save me. I believe that in every shape and form. Every shape and form, and now I'm so grateful for every being that has guided me to where I am. But I understand when I lay my head down at night, like I'm the one who's done this. I'm the one who gets myself up every single day and has saved myself up to now. And addiction is a hard thing for people to understand. Like, oh, you're, you say you're an alcoholic? Someone actually said that to me recently when I was home. They said, so you, you think you drink more than the people around here? It's not about that. It's about my behaviors and the fact that I was so fucked up spiritually. There's this idea, there's this stereotype, there's, there's this way that people think that those who are addicted who struggle with alcoholism, with drugs, to the point of having to go to rehab, that they had to live under a bridge. And that's why for so long, I literally could not get over this hump of accepting that I am an alcoholic <laughs> um, because my life didn't look like one. It's not about how we got to where we are, it's about the feelings that we felt. And I surround my life. My life is like based around, you know, the prevention of going back to who I was. So whether that's cutting off old ways, you know, people for the time being, um, I have to do what is best for me in order to not stay the way I am because I never want to stay put, but to get to where I want to be for the future. And I heard the other night this guy was speaking at a meeting and he was like, 
you know, when I went to treatment, and this is like the same for me, you know, they ask us, how is your life unmanageable? And you'll sit there and you'll list off all these reasons. Like, well, couldn't pay rent, you know, couldn't get up without being high, like couldn't do all these things, couldn't live functionally. And then these people in the treatment center are gonna look at you and they look at you and they're just like, kid, like you're in rehab. You're in rehab, you know? My mom and I were laughing about that the other day. Like, yeah, you know, it. it's not normal to, it's not bad, but like, why am I gonna sit there and list off all these things as to why my life is unmanageable when I'm sitting in a rehab facility, you know? And it's not a competition of who had it worse or anything like that, you know, because there are people who haven't gone to rehab like I did in order to change their life around. Um, but that was a funny thing. Like I could sit here and try to find all these reasons as to why my life is unmanageable, but I had to go to treatment twice. <laughs> um, in the summer of 2022, I was on the brink of death. I had a serious ego death. You know, I had just come out of college the year before and trying to navigate the world hard enough for anyone we never figure it out anyways you know god has it figured out for us my soul knows everything but my human has to navigate this life um you know at the time i was trying to see this real world in a, a way that i felt i could figure out and i was navigating my religion and the change in that I was navigating how to accept my sexuality and all these things. I mean, that was enough. Religion, sexuality, all that. Like, because I grew up this really, really religious person. And that's fine. I mean, I, I, I love all the things of the world, even though I don't feel too involved in it or connected to it at times. I feel confused here some days, um, but I'm grateful for it. Grateful for it all. Like I always say, like, Grateful to be sad, grateful to be happy, grateful to be confused. I'm just grateful for it all. I thank God for it all, all of the time. Because it means I'm human. But I just don't attach to it anymore. I don't attach to anything anymore, really. And that's truly insane because growing up, I, it's, it's interesting because some people only know me now. Um, but I was the kid that I had no sense of self. I looked for it in every form possible on the outside of me. And now I love myself so much. I love myself so much. And I want this for all people. I remember I was with some people the other night and I'm just looking at the floor and I was like, am I like too confident? I just thought it to myself. And then I was like, no. <laughs> How could you ever be too, too confident? If it's not hurting somebody else, like I just love myself now. And for, half my life I disliked myself and I hope that people find what I've found we're not all the same but we are all the same we're all connected we're all one and I refer back a lot to my childhood but someone told me when I was very young that like I wrote something down and they read it and they said oh wow you have something that you know, some people never find in a lifetime. And I was earlier than 15 at that time, earlier than the age of 15 at that time. 
and this person said, you know, you found something that some people never find in a lifetime, but you need to learn how to sustain that and how to live that. And I can gladly sit here and say that I have. A lot has changed in six months. My whole life has changed in the greatest way possible. I was given the opportunity to outlive part of my dream and some like things change. I hated change growing up. My mom and I laugh about that all the time. You couldn't even talk to me about change two years ago. I would like go into panic attack. I wouldn't even talk about it. Now, the only thing I want is change. I want to evolve all the time. I want to see new places. I want to experience everything in life. And when I went off to college, I had some people tell me, like, when you come back, you know, it'll be the same. Nothing changes. I was like, okay, good. Like, I'll come back. And things won't change. They'll be exactly the way they were. So people won't forget me. And there's nothing wrong with staying in a place. There's not. I think sometimes it can come across as like, I'm saying like, you have to move like across the world. No, it's just in the bet. It's the betterment of self where you are, you know, but going home now, I definitely see that things are the way they were and that's perfectly okay. Um, it's just not my life anymore. So in the summer of 2022, I truly, I truly died. Um, not physically, but mentally. That spirit is gone. That version of me is dead, truly. And I had a decision to make that I remade last August when I got sober. And that was either you stay where you at, you're at, you stay the person that you are, and you look back and you have so many regrets in life. Because you know that there's a much larger purpose or storyline to be created and be a part of. And in April of 2022, I had for the first time out loud said to another human that I wanted to get sober. I never ever thought that I would become the person that I'd become. That was kind of just like, even when I started drinking when I was younger in high school, I was like, it'll never turn out that way. You'll never be that person. But I did, I'd become the person that I, I just, I hated. And that April, I was on the phone with a new psychiatrist. I'd come home from work and this woman asked me, she said, what's your goal? What do you want from me? And I said, I wanna get sober. I, I, I have to get sober. And I remember my roommate coming home and he heard the conversation. He was like, after the call, he was like, you wanna get sober? And yeah, I just remember thinking like, well, it's not really like a want anymore. I legitimately have to. But I thought that it was enough to say I wanted to get sober. I didn't care to put in all this spiritual work and like have like the quiet life that I do now in order to be who I am. You know, I really found sobriety in the sounds of my own soul rather than the noises of the world. So that April, I... 
you know, I had this idea. I wrote it down. I told someone. And then my life flew up in my face in the way that I'd never experienced before. Every experience is wonderful in life if we don't let it break us. But I had let it break me. I dealt with mental health my whole life. And that year was just the cherry on top because I had let something on the outside take away from the being in myself. And six months later, I am in a treatment center. I asked to go to treatment. Um, you know, that September I lived, I was living at home before I moved to Florida. I had everything set out, I had a career. I had all set out for me, a big girl job, you know. Life just, life was ideal in a societal standpoint. standpoint. And I remember I just was so sad. I was on the phone with a friend doing my joy ride up and down the shore beaches in New Jersey. Fucking high as hell, of course. And I'm on the phone with this person. And I remember saying like, I don't know how I could be this sad. I didn't know that I could get this sad. I've dealt with sadness my whole life and I didn't know that this existed. And I was like, I'm doing everything right. You know, I get up, I feed myself, I go to the gym, I socialize, I'm doing everything right. And then the, the more you get sober, the longer you have, if you're doing it correctly, there's no correct way. I shouldn't say that. There's no correct way. My experience is my experience and others are theirs. I'm just saying that like I'm not doing it in a dry way where I'm still using things to make me high rather than the soul. Um, but I remember, you know, later on, like last year, I had a realization like, Wait, in that car that day, you were saying you were doing everything right, but you were fucking high. <laughs> I just didn't want to admit that it was substance because I was so attached to my old being and I was so attached to my old life. And I didn't want to let that go because if I admitted that that part of my life died, I felt as if it was so, as though it was forgotten. And I hated that term of being forgotten in whatever sense it was. Um, but now I'm like, okay. Life ebbs and flows, it's all an experience, no attachment to anything, just enjoy it all. So a month later I'm in Florida and I wake up one day and I go to work and I'm working in treatment at the time. You know, I just, I said to my boss, I said, I have to go to treatment or my life is going to end today. So I go to treatment and three weeks in, of course I say, I'm, I'm not bad, like I'm not as bad as the rest around me. I don't need to be here, like living here. This is insane. This is insane, yeah, I was pretty fucked up. And I, I lived 15 minutes from the treatment center, so I asked to do it from home, like come in every day, the partial program, because I wanted to go into nature, I wanted to work out, I needed those things to be well. But of course the reality was is that I was living a double life and I wanted to get high. So the day after Thanksgiving, I go into the program and they asked me if I drank. And I was like, yeah, I drank. Of course I drank. They made it so clear that I'm only here for mental health. And I made that aware, like I made everyone aware of that in my life. I'm only here for mental health. And I knew what the real reason I was there for. And I was pulled aside at the end of the day 
by like the supervisor or so. And he says to me, do you think that you have a substance issue or an issue with substance? And I was infuriated. I remember looking at this man and I said to him, I don't know you, you don't know me. I've been here a few weeks, you know my name. I know yours. How dare you ask me that? I was pissed. And he said, well, Karina, you're trying to make your own treatment plan. Like you wanna come in this day, you wanna go hang out with this person that day. This is not how it works. I was just pissed. I was everything that I didn't wanna be. And I hated that people saw me that way because that's not who I am. I'm a loving human being. I love all people. I may not be best friends with all people, but I truly love people because we're all just souls and we're all just here to enjoy, you know? And the point of that story is that another realization was like, you know, that day, six months prior to that day, I'm literally asking a psychiatrist to get sober. I was living in insanity. And that time around in treatment, I remember telling my friends all the time there, I was like, I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna get high. And that's what I did the day that I left. I wasn't ready to accept. I was not ready to accept. So then I go again. And that time was kind of fun. I felt like I was a part of something when I went to meetings. I picked up white chips left and right. And I leave that time too. And I go back to my old life. I wasn't ready to take suggestions. I wasn't ready to have a full change of soul and ego and all that. I just wasn't ready. And then I remember I, five months later, after I had like claimed myself as an atheist, I knew something was really, really wrong because I had done all the right things. I had gone to treatment. I did what I had to do. But then I had claimed myself as an atheist. And I was just like, this is not it in life. How could you do all the right things? And now you don't even believe in your soul anymore. You don't believe in the great beyond. And that's not who I am for anybody who knows me. And that killed me. So in August of last year, I made the decision to really just be born again, honestly. I decided to lay that part of my life to rest, start over, move on. And a week after I get sober, I quit my job. I had done the thing that I wanted to do in order to really get well. And I was gifted everything that I could have looked for in life. I don't like to say look for or search for because we attract things. If we're really in alignment, if we're really doing the work that we need to do to be who we want to be, then it comes to us. We don't have to search for it. And that's exactly what happened. And I don't live a life beyond my wildest dreams in the sense that I have all the materialistic items. I'm a minimalist, so I don't really care about that stuff. And I was blessed enough to grow up in a family that I didn't have to want for anything. You know, if I, if I wanted something, I had it. And growing up, my sister and I would always say like, are we rich, are we rich? And you know, I come from two incredibly successful parents or a family with two incredibly successful parents. And they even had the wisdom to say, 
you know, we're rich in faith, love, and happiness. And that's the truth. I don't care about the car that I have. I don't care about the clothes that I wear. I don't need things to show my success. And that can be hard for people to understand. But success to me is that I got my soul back. Because I truly lived in a prison of my own mind. For a very, very long time. And my life may be confusing to people. I think that's just something I put in my head. But it's not the traditional way is my point. And things have changed. But I'm so at peace and so in alignment that I don't know what's gonna happen. I truly don't know what's gonna happen. But I'm so excited and I'm so grateful because I know as long as I keep that part of my life to rest, then I have all I need. I have everything I want because I have all I need and I don't need much. And I truly live by that. Life is incredibly simple. Life is this great experience that we all get to be a part of. And it's not the things that we go with. It's the people that we loved, the, the communication, uh, you know, the, the conversations that we had with people that I will talk to people about on my deathbed. I'll be talking to them about, you know, a big boat I had or anything like that. It's the love that we shared, truly. And now I get to outlive that. I mean, I remember for so long, like I thought the way that I was living was normal. It was kind of exhausting. I remember I was like 18 or 19 and I had gone to a psychiatrist and she said, look kid, like you're on this medication that you actually cannot drink on. So you either drink or you don't take your meds and you risk that. And I said, okay, I'm gonna drink. And there were just so many different experiences in parts of the story. You know, it's not all about our war stories, um, but you know, it was like that. I was a really fun party girl for a few hours and then I was suicidal. And that was just exhausting because people didn't understand and it was like, this is really how I feel, but I never express it. I'm just expressing it because I'm blacked out now. And when I had gone to college, the first like week in, I fall up the stairs at a bar and I slice my forehead open. And I just remember thinking like, oh my God, I've done it. I'm, I'm the girl that like people can look at and say, she's the one who gets the most fucked up. Because I wanted to be unconscious. Unconscious. Yeah. I wanted to be like in my brain dead rather than physically dead. I've never wanted to actually die. I just truly wanted that pain to stop because it was so deep in my soul. So many events, many things like that happened and when it started to like really get bad, even though it was bad from the beginning because the first time I drank, I blacked out and that's how it was for years. And I thought that that was normal. Like I said though, because I, I wanted to be dead before I was dead, like laying on the floor or looking in the mirror, hammered and just like praying to God that I would die. Like alone on my floor, just like, please just end this.
And I would bargain with myself. You know, for a while it was like, well, you get up every day, you take care of yourself, you go to the gym, you do your work, you do everything you have to do. So it's like five o'clock now, time to get obliterated. And then of course it turned into, well, you can do this functionally. You can, you can live life high in whatever form that was and you can get everything done. And then unfortunately it came to the point where I literally couldn't even live life anymore. I didn't take care of myself, couldn't pay my bills. I couldn't do anything. I could not wake up without being high because it completely numbed everything that I'd gone through in a way that I had been looking for. And I really, really never thought that I was gonna get sober. Like last summer, I remember talking to a therapist and she was like, you know, normal people, or I don't like to call people, I just, I don't like all those labels. I don't like to place people in boxes, but she said, the majority of people don't think about a wedding 10 years down the line and that they're not gonna be able to drink at it. And she was like, if this is so easy, like you say it is, then don't drink. And I remember always like looking at the floor and being like, I never envisioned my life actually being the way it is now. I had a dream when I was like 13 that I would live the life that I do now. And God has provided so much more. But I never thought that I was going to be able to outlive it because of the faults of my own self. And now I get to go home. I get to have my mom come here. I get to be a part of conversations and I get to like be my actual self that I was before all this mess. Like I'm actually really funny. <laughs> I'm actually really, really funny just in general in daily life. And I laugh, like I really, really laugh as though I'm high sometimes. You know, I went out to California recently and I was with a bunch of people in the desert laying on a, a blow up bed. You know, just looking at the stars with all these people. And I was like, I'm sober laughing my face off right now. Like enjoying life in the way that I always hoped. I'm so, I'm just, there aren't human words to describe the gratitude that I have for the life that I get to live now. I go home for a break. I don't have to sit there the whole time and wait for my family to go away so I can sit alone in a room high. Questioning my own existence, not in the way that I wanted to. I like to question existence. I like to think about things because we live on a rock and some people don't really care to look at life that deep, but I truly do. I think it's important. I think it's fun. I mean, we literally live on a ball and like, there's so much we worry about and everything like that. And I don't know. I just think it's fun to look at the, the depth of this existence. So yeah, six months, excited for the next six months and excited for the rest of my life. I'm so incredibly grateful for every human who has reached out to me with love, who's loved me, who supported me, who's believed in me. Um, you know, it really, I, I wouldn't have made it. I absolutely wouldn't have made it. I don't think of suicide anymore. I don't think of my death being at my own will. 
I don't think of anything like that. I hardly get depressed anymore. I have moments of sadness, but you know, emotions are like the weather. They circle around the planet. They come like clouds. We observe them, we let them go. All I really identify is with myself now. And I enjoy the things outside of me. So here's the living, here's the life. If you listened this long, I thank you so much because I'm just another being, you know. I'm special, but at the end of the day, got to constantly remain in the balance of ego, human, soul, everything along those lines. But I would not be able to sustain this way of thinking or all the these ideas that I have um, and live in the way that I do now that I've always wanted to and was able to live for moments, um, but couldn't because of not my own fault, but the way my journey unfolded. And uh, yeah, just so grateful.